comes up. Here comes up. Y'all don't really worry like that. Yeah. Here comes up. Personally, you know, 
real big things happening right now. UFC 208 tonight. Uh, also, what we talk, I'll, I'll give you my take on the New York Knicks turmoil, plus much, 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 much more. And did I mention that the, that the Live by Terrence Network is now powered by solar headphones? Yeah, you got that right. So, first off, before we go any further, we're going to jump into the daily devotional.
Welcome back into the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew, powered by Solar Headphones. My name is Jermaine. The main event is in the building. Now, first off, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump right into right into it right now. Um, the whole situation with Charles Oakley and the New York Knicks, James Dolan, the whole situation with that. I'm, a, I'm just gonna put it out there like this. James Dolan is how, how can I how can I James Dolan is the equivalent of George Steinbrenner. Whereas George Steinbrenner was actually smart, this guy's actually really stupid. Um <laughs> I don't I, I didn't like James Dolan when he bought the Knicks. I didn't like James Dolan when when you when you had this this team for almost six seasons now, this is your seventh season. I'm sorry, your sixth season owning this club. You've taken them from what could have been to a who the hell are they? You have a great player in Kristaps Porzingis. You have a you have a great veteran player in Carmelo Anthony. And then you've added Joakim Noah. You've added Derrick Rose. And your team is still crappy. Okay. And I mean crappy in the most respectful way possible. I mean I mean crappy in a way that in a way to say that the Knicks really suck. And you have such great potential on this team. But as long as you're the owner, as long as Phil Jackson is your is your director of player personnel, nothing will ever happen in regards to taking that next step, in regards to making the playoffs and making deep runs in the playoffs. I just don't see it happening. The Dolan family owns Cablevision, okay? They own Cablevision from their inception until they sold, until they were bought by Dutch company Altus, which is now Altus USA, which has Optimum Cable, also the largest telephone, uh, one of the largest telephone outlets in the in the nation, and that's landline telephone, by the way. But we, I digress. I just want to give you a little bit of background of. Where the Dolan family comes from, where the Dolan family is. This is a this is a family that is collectively worth seventeen point seven billion dollars. This is also a man who is worth by himself three point six billion dollars. He owns a franchise that is the, if I'm not mistaken, the eighth largest, the eighth most expensive franchise in the world, behind. Man United behind Manchester United, Real Madrid, the LA Clippers, and uh, I want to say Manchester City, but I'm not really sure on that. But Bayern Munich, man, Barcelona. So I mean, you've got some, you've got like a whole bunch of soccer teams in front of you, and you got the Clippers and the Lakers, and then you. So 
I mean, like, you, you, you're one of the most lucrative names in all of sports. But you're looked at as a laughing stock. Because of your long-standing feud with Charles Oakley, you have made your team, you've made your, your top prospect, your, your, one of your best players, that he's not happy with playing in New York anymore. And that's Christoph Persingas. Since he's not happy with his game right now. He's not happy playing in New York right now. What does that tell you about you? What does that tell you about what you what you really are as a as a as an owner, as a person? What that tells me about you is this. You have an ego the size of the size of <laughs> Madison Square Garden, MetLife Stadium, Red Bull Arena. And the Barclays Center combined. Okay. Now, I look at, I'm going I'm to go back and look at other things. The whole incident with Charles Oakley, yes, it was very, very, very unfortunate. It was very not the way it should have happened. I really think that security handled that in a way that, shouldn't, that it shouldn't have been handled. And then you go on the Michael K show. I, I'll get to that in just a second. Because he's yelling at you, you're whining that he's yelling at you. You're complaining that he's yelling at you. You're saying that he's that he's all these things that he's not. So. Why are you trying to incriminate somebody that doesn't need to be incriminated? Here's here's, here's the main point. Yes, Charles Oakley did put his hands on security. Yes, Charles Oakley did. In fact, he probably told you to suck his... Bleep, 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 to you. But this is a guy who is more passionate about your team. And he's not even a part of your coaching staff. He's not even a part of your management team. He's not even – he's a fan. He, he's a guy who's played for this club, who's done everything in this league except win a championship. He's played with some of the best players in the world. He's played with Patrick Ewing. He's played with the John Stars. He's played with the Mark Jackson. He's played with the Michael Jordans. He's played with the Scottie Pippins. He's played with some big names in both Chicago and New York. For you to basically say these things about him shows the type of person that you are. You're a liar. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're talking about putting a lifetime ban on somebody who says things about you. Okay. Well, first off, when you when okay, first off, when you look at what happened, a lot of banter going back and forth, a lot of banter from a guy. All he said was words. 
and then you bring your little cronies up there. They look like I mean, I swear I swear to you, it looks it looks like something out of a WWE <laughs> storyline. It really did. Where the wrestler who beats up the owner, the on screen the on screen owner of of the of the company gets arrested by these Keystone cop figures and he gets escorted out of the building. Basically, I would have slapped the crap out of one of your security guards too if he's putting his hands on me. And you did see the you did see one of the security guards put his hands on me. You did see the other guy step up to him invading his space. Yes, I saw this. I, I, look, I've done security in bars. I, I've seen this kind of activity before. I've done this kind, of, this kind of thing before. Okay? I've been there. I've done that. But I'm going to put it to you in these terms. The way that it looked, it looked like it was blown completely out of proportion. Yeah, he did put some security around. Yeah, he did do some things, but your head of security was right there where he could have calmed the situation down by telling them to get out of the way. Instead, he prolonged it. He beautified it in such a way that not only did the fans turn on you, they turned on you for good. They weren't even with you. They were with the players on on the court. These the fans really want you to sell. You're like North America's version. You're like what? You're. I'm gonna use this comparison. Newcastle United, a soccer club in England, has an owner who is a billionaire who knows nothing about soccer, who has tried to change the culture, in his time as owner of Newcastle United, he's gotten this club relegated twice. If the Knicks were playing basketball in one of those leagues in Europe, because in Europe, there's relegation and promotion among the basketball the basketball leagues. So if you finish bottom of the basketball league, you go down. You go down a division. You don't stay in the top division. So if the New York Knicks was playing in, in France or Spain right now, They'd be at the bottom of the table, even with all this American talent that they have on on on, on display. They'd be at the bottom of the table. If you put if you put the Knicks you know, in a full table, the Knicks would be bottom. And here's the thing: as I make that comparison, James Dolan is. To what James Dolan is to the NBA is what Mike Ashley is to English football. 
he's a nothing. He's he's a failure as an owner. He's he's failed his team. He's failed his fans. He's failed everything. He's failed as a he, he he's really just he's failed as a sports owner. You know, of course he's trying to run this as a business. Yeah, you could probably run it as a business, but you still suck at being an owner. Your product is not putting out what you paid for it. That's the whole point. Charles Oakley isn't afraid to tell you that your product sucks. That's probably what he says. And now you've fired, you've essentially banned one of the biggest names in this history. And the fans have turned on you, telling you to free Oakley, to free Charles Oakley, because you've given him a quote-unquote lifetime ban. And then the next day, you fire your, you fire your security guard. And this, this is this is the other thing that doesn't sit well with me. The P the the PR <laughs> undertone with this, okay? This this is from a spreadsheet. I'm gonna read the quote. There were security people there there were abused. There were service people who were there who were abused, right? The same people who, that the fans who come out who come to the game tonight, who are going to help those fans to their seats, get them food, try to make them comfortable. They were abused and abused, not you know, not. In a really horrible, right, angry, nasty way, racially with racial undertones, with sexual overtones, the stuff you never ever want to hear. And you know what I mean. How do I bring your kids to a game if you think that's going to happen? For one, he wasn't talking to your security people, he was talking to you. Your security people sensationalized this whole thing. All you had, to, all your security people had to do was say, "Hey, why don't why don't you let, let, let's let's just let, let's uh, let cooler heads prevail. Let's 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 walk outside. Come back another night. No, you try to be physical with a guy, and the guy pretty much." <laughs> pretty much pokes a finger in one guy's head and makes him look like a freaking makes him look like a freaking you know <laughs> bobblehead while stumbling backwards and then your other guy just steps in just steps in into personal space and he gets pushed not once but twice because he's trying to be Billy Badass. Okay? So what does that tell you about the people that <laughs> that you say are fans? <laughs> I 
And then we look at let me look at I look at this thing I look at another post from the Europe post of, of all of all things where they say Knicks fans are in full revolt over Dolan banning Charles Barkley. Yes, they are. Because everybody sees that sees that he was I mean you're wrongly accusing people of of things, okay? You've gone on to the Michael K show yesterday with this binder full of full of paper saying that this is complaints about <laughs> about Charles Oakley. But Charles Oakley is not only one of your greats. You've turned your back on him. You've turned your you've turned your back on you, once you slapped him in the face, you slapped the you slapped the face of Willis Reed. You slapped the face of Phil Jackson. You slapped the face of John Starks, Patrick Ewing. Um I mean, I could go on and on and on. Bernard King. Um I ain't Anybody who's played for the Knicks, you pretty much turned your back on them. You have a guy who wore, his, wore a, a, an Oakley jersey to the game and said, that's the first sign of disrespect to your fan base. It is. Friday, you lost Friday. 123-121 to the Nuggets. People intended the game not to support the team, but to make their voices heard. This is the thing that needs to happen with the New York Knicks. This is the turmoil that we have with the New York Knicks. Jeff Hornacek's a great coach, but he's not hes not equipped to, to coach in New York, period. Christoph Rosingas is a great talent, but he's in a bad, bad spot. And that makes things that much difficult for somebody like him. I mean, then you have some people who who brought in signs that said James Dolan is a piece of um, a piece of dung. I'll, I'll put it that way, since this is a PG rated show. Okay, and then on the other side. You have other people saying Oak Walkout, hashtag Oak Walkout, in support of Charles Oakley. A fan says, quote unquote, the way he got treated is disgusting. It's the most disrespectful thing you can do to the next Nick who gave you blood, sweat, and tears. Now, you make the guy buy his own tickets. Yes, I do understand. Yeah, this is this is true. A lot of fans are giving him the benefit of the doubt. I I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think he should take some blame with this also. But at the same time a lot of this has to do with a long standing feud between 
two guys who have a long-standing feud. The thing about Dolan is he wants to hang on to the niche because it's his cash cow. It's what brings his it's his milkshake, quote unquote. It brings his boys to the yard. That was a horrible pun, but get what I'm saying. It's bad. It's bad enough when you have an owner like this. It's worse off when you're in the biggest media market in the world and you're doing this, and then you're going to the media to plead your case. You're pleading your case because you know that you've done something wrong. You're pleading your case because you know you've done things that you shouldn't have been done. You've disrespected a, a legend. The legend put a hurt on your on your security by hurting their manhood in a, in a sense. So. You're basically going to the media and you're trying to sensationalize something that don't even need to be sensationalized. What you need to do, put the little white folder down that you say is a quote-unquote, um, how did he put it on the Muscat Show? His preparation for Charles Oakley in the media, suggesting that he has anger and, and alcohol issues? No. He's basically the same aggressive person that he was as a basketball player that he takes through life. And for you to suggest that he has anger and alcohol issues, that just shows the kind of person that you are. That shows the kind of person that the NBA doesn't need. I'm not even an NBA fan. I don't like the Knicks. I've never liked the Knicks. But when I see a player that has given his all for a franchise, gotten into the brink a number of times, and just can get over the hump, <coughs> excuse me, he's entitled to say whatever he wants to say, when he wants to say it, and how he wants to say it. The other thing to this is James Dolan is no stranger to controversy at all. His family and the dispute with ESPN at one point, the dispute he had with, which they, you know, when he was when he was part of the when he was the CEO and CEO of of Cablevision before they sold, you know, he was involved in a controversy with HBO, involved with controversy with Verizon. Um, and other and other and other outlets because he wants he wants everything. But here's the thing: you're gonna lose out. This club's gonna lose out on a lot of things. And the only thing that's really holding you up is the fact that you own a club. That you really should give up. You really should just sell. I mean, because 
You haven't done anything to help. You've done more to harm than you have to help. You've done more to deepen that hole for the Knicks, made them a bigger laughing stock. You've had the Nets over in neighboring in neighboring Jersey for many years. Now that they've come over to Brooklyn, you've lost a lot of the fan base that, that used to come from Brooklyn to Manhattan to watch to watch Knicks games. You've lost that. Now you got Nets now you got Knicks fans who have become Nets fans because they get to come to Nets games because it's right down the street. So a lot of your fan base has changed on you. Not because of the Nets per se, because but because it's you. You are basically a manipulator. You're you're a manipulator, you're 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 a lot of things that that don't even need that the NBA doesn't need. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm going to leave it right there. But we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk some UFC 208. Y'all stay tuned. Talking about, baby. Yeah. And now it's time 
time for you to show me what it's hitting for. Sip a little jack, maybe blow a little drop. Love you from behind, but I hate to see you go. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, give me that green light. You can let your hair hang down. We're only if it feels right. Oh, oh. Like father, like son, guess that's why I spit this dope, nigga. 
bars That's what's in front of my uncle Lack of cash made him hunger But got caught up in the jungle Yeah, that's word to Marcel Rise above by themselves I'll be 20 when you get out I plan to have some males That was my goal for Dominique But guess it just wasn't time In 15 years they finally came No more waiting in line For them visits, them phone calls I used to play you my beats Sometimes I didn't know what to say Cause you was trapped, I was free Cause I've been
pretty good pay-per-view card. It was probably, um, I would I would say the November UFC card. I would say I would say that card or or yeah with uh Conor McGregor that that whole card was 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 a beautiful card. I, I actually like that card a lot. Um, so I'm looking at it from that standpoint, but this is a solid card for a pay per view card. And um, the reason why I say it's a solid card for a pay per view card because I'm looking at five really good fights, really good fights um, on the on the main card. But we're going to start off on the prelims. And, you know, the four preliminary fights that's on FS1 tonight, two of the fights I'm, I'm really interested in seeing, actually. And, and one fight I'm, I'm, re- I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing is the Ian McCall-Jared Brooks fight. Um, Jared Brooks is a 125 fighter who's, who's fought as high as 145. Um, can fight. He's a really good fighter. Um Stand-up guy, he's got a little bit of punching power, but he's also a good wrestler. He's he's one of those guys who's a well-rounded guy. Whereas Ian McCall, he likes to throw bombs. He loves to, he loves to be quick with bombs. He he can also wrestle. He great takedown. He has great takedown defense. He has great takedowns and submission. Uh, so it's going to be very fun to watch that fight in regards to what. Happening in one twenty in the one twenty five division, um, whether Mighty Mouse wins his next fight out and he decides he wants to move up, or will he fight Ian McCall for a third time? You know they have a draw, they have uh, they have a draw. Ian McCall's lost to him, so it, it's it's going to be fun to see what kind of fight we have here. Now, Ian McCall to me he's had a layoff. He's been injured. Um, he was injured, and then the fight was scrapped, and then he got another injury. So he he is really one of those guys who just needs he just needs time in he just needs time in 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 Octagon. I think that if he wins this fight, I think he vaults himself back up into that into that talk for a title for a title spot. Even though he's lost he lost his last fight out, and then you know. Subsequent injuries here and there. I mean, we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him in the UFC stage in about a year. So, very excited to see him and Jared Brooks fight. Nick Lentz, another guy who I'm really, who I'm really excited to see. I think he. This is a this is a good fight for him as he fights Islam uh, Makachev. Um, both of those guys may wait. Like I don't think anybody may wait. Everybody may wait. There was one fight that was scrapped. Because of short notice, and um, he wasn't going to make weight. Uh, he wasn't going to make the 265 limit. So, um, <clears throat> so that that there is is pretty much one of those things there, um, which is unfortunate. Wilson Rice, Oka, I'm sorry, Nick Lynch. <laughs> Nick Lynch is one of those guys. She is just absolutely dangerous. I mean. He does things that when you look at it, it's like, no, don't do that. And then he, then he pulls it off. It's like, well, I'll keep doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Nick is one of those guys. You just you you want to tell him no, and then you then you turn around and say, well, all right. You know, I mean, like he's one of those guys. So 
I like Nick Lentz in this fight against Islam Mashagev, but don't take anything from the Bulgarian American. I mean, this is a guy who can fight. He can fight, and um, he's a guy with, with just he he's got that Sambo style, and he's also a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blue belt, brown belt, brown belt blue belt. I can't remember. He he he's He's a high-level jiu-jitsu guy, but he can also stand up and he can also bang with you. Nick Lance has to be very aware that this guy has power in both hands, but he is he is predominantly a, a, a right-handed fighter. He will jump into the southpaw stance from time to time. This is a guy who's coming over, coming over. He did fight in Bellator for a short while. He did fight in 1FC for a short while. This is a guy who can really fight. Uh, he's got... He's got some real talent. Um, so that's one of the things that Nick Lentz has to, has to really watch himself for. And, you know, it's going to be a really good fight. I really think it's going to be a really good fight. You know, the other, one, of the other, one of the other names in this preliminary fight that a lot of people hasn't, hasn't said anything about here lately is Wilson Rice. Wilson Rice is another is a Brazilian guy who's, who's ready for the big time. Um, He's breaking into that top ten. I think he's like number seven, number eight in in, in the latest rankings. Um, he's a guy who who could contend who could contend for a title, uh, who could vault himself up. Um, should should Mighty Mouse um, vacate the championship at one twenty five? So we're looking at. I'm looking at a lot of. I'm looking at a lot of what ifs. At 125, you got two great 125 fights here. You've also got a fight at 170, uh, which is the which is the main event on, on, on the on the preliminary card. Randy Brown, Bilal Muhammad. Um, haven't seen one. Haven't seen either one of these guys fight too much. Um, I think Bilal Muhammad actually was on the Ultimate Fighter uh, one season, I think, and um, I think Randy Brown was also in the house at one time, if I'm not mistaken. So. This is this is a lot of a lot of good fights, a lot of good preliminary card fights, and um, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with with those fights, uh, especially the Ian McCall Jerry Brooks fight, the Wilson Rice uh, Oka Sasaki fight. I I just think those two fights there are going to create a landscape in 125 that we haven't seen in a while. It's going to create a little bit of parity, even though. I mean, and I'm saying that because it's going to create parity because now we're going to see who's next if DJ decides to continue fighting at 125. We're going to see who's next. Or will he take that step up to 35 and fight and fight the winner of TJ Dillashaw and uh, <laughs> and that boy uh, and that boy that boy by talking about. Um, uh, the new the new champion, the, the kid that just beat um that just beat uh my man um oh my god my mind's going blank now um no love Cody Garbrandt you know and, and um T J Dillashaw uh they're gonna be fighting pretty soon I think they're gonna be fighting at UFC two eleven if I'm not mistaken I think it's two eleven so um really excited about I'm really excited about that card as well so. 
um, or two thirteen. I think this, I think that's one might be two thirteen um, May. I think it's May they're gonna fight. So, um, but getting back to getting back to two oh eight and looking at the looking at the main card now, Dustin Poirier, Jim Miller. Jim Miller is a just he's just a rugged veteran of the sport. Um between him and his brother, man, I mean like these are these are two guys who are durable, who can make things happen. Jim Miller is still a top five one fifty fiver. I think if he I think if he can lose the extra ten pounds and go down to forty five, he would be dominant at forty five. I think he could. I think he should be great at 45. Dustin the Diamond Poirier, um, I love this guy's style. He's he's a stand-up guy who isn't afraid to hit the ground when he has to because he knows that he's got he's got some pretty good stand-up. Um, I'm looking at looking at this fight and I'm just I'm just like I'm excited to see this fight. On the main card, I'm just gonna open up the main card. I'm really excited to see this fight because I want to see how Jim Miller rebounds from that from that devastating loss he had, uh, where he got knocked out, and I want to see what Dustin Poirier can do if he can build on that on that career-defining victory that he had um, a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple months ago, um, back in New York. So. I mean, we're, we're we're looking at some we're looking at some things right now. Um, in regards to to how the landscape uh, the landscape of, of a lot of different weight classes is going to change. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really going to change tonight, essentially, because we're looking at a Dustin Poirier. Who could put himself in line to fight? Could put himself in line to fight um, Conor McGregor at 55 when Conor McGregor decides to come back to MMA instead of pursuing the, the ultimate dream of fighting uh, Floyd Mayweather. Um, he can also. There's also some some rumors to the fact that he may go down to 45, and he may vault himself into into a run at 45 as well. So we're we're looking we're looking at a lot of different we're looking at a lot of different scenarios here at 155. And um with Dustin Poirier, both with Dustin Poirier and Jim Miller, Jim Miller can vault himself right back up into that top. Um after that loss that he had, after that loss he had, that devastating loss that he had, um last time out you know, he lost some momentum there, but this is a guy who just he just comes back, comes back, comes back. I like this fight. Love this fight a lot actually. And I love this fight actually and I, I can't wait to see it tonight. So um also like moving on, Global Teixeira, Jay can Kenny, Kenny or Nay, um, I, Glover Teixeira, to me, he still has power personified in, in his right hand. And 
he does have one punch knockout power. He does have the the power to hurt you and hurt you in a way that that could make you or break you in a sense. Um also, you know, Jay Kennedy, Muay Thai practitioner, also a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh he's also a top Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy. He likes to stand up, he likes to bang. He's a Muay Thai practitioner as well. Who can who can pretty much step in and fight Global Teixeira is anywhere Glover takes it. Glover Teixeira is a he's a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. Um, we haven't seen too much of him since um, since he since he uh, fought um, John Jones. But when he has fought, he has looked really good. Even in even in a lot even in um, even in that loss that he had. So this is a guy who still has still has everything to lose and nothing everything to gain and nothing to lose. Glover to share. I mean, he can he can step up and he can fight again if he has to. So this, I mean, again, these are two guys, Kenny A, who's who's on the cusp of being being that top fifteen fighter, uh, top ten fighter. I'm sorry, um, Glover Teixeira, who's who's as close to getting another title shot without getting the title shot. Um, just I'm really excited to see that fight. Um, I think Glover Teixeira can win this fight, but he's got to control the octagon. He's got to do everything possible that he can do to win this fight. Um, also looking at looking at other other card other fights on this main card. Jacare is back, and I'm excited to see Jacare because Jacare has a chance to vault himself back into that into that title contention with a win over Tim Boach. And this is this is an intriguing fight for me as well. Jacare, number two contender. Um, wants to fight your Romero. Romero doesn't want to fight him. Jacare wants to fight. <laughs> he just wants to fight. He wants that big. He wants that. He wants that title shot so bad. And he's the number two contender. So we're looking at the possibility of of a Michael Bisping Jacare fight. Jacare Michael Bisping, you know, going back and forth with each other. A couple of different times. Um, also know that Michael Bisping has a has a title fight coming up as well um, against against Yoel Romero, if I'm not mistaken. So, so I mean, like we're, we're looking at. I mean, we're just looking at some of the things that that could happen. Um. And as I understand, it will be a spring fight um, against Rio Romero. So we're looking at a possibility of Jacare fighting the winner of Michael Bisping, Joel Romero, 
and Romero has to possibly going to have to fight him uh, after he's been trying to duck him and trying to duck him and trying to duck him uh, for a while. So we're we're looking. I'm looking at this fight as if he needs to basically get everything together that he needs to get together because if he doesn't, wow, we need to watch out. But with Tim Boach and with Tim Boach and and Doc Ray, this is I'm using keys to this fight because I I think that I think that this I think that this fight for me is more of a statement fight for for Jock Ray than it is for Tim Boach. I think Tim Boach is, is coming in to play spoiler, uh, even though he is a top he's a top ten uh, middleweight, but Jock Ray what Jock Ray has to do he has to use what what brings him to the yard. And he has to use the talent that brought him to the UFC, the talent that that he brought from Strike Force and and um, and Elite XC. What he he needs to incorporate his wrestling, his ground and pound, uh, shorten the pace, throw that throw big heavy hands like he normally does, throw those throw those nice knees that he does, and. Get the leg kicks going. I think for a guy for a guy like Tim Boach, he has you have to get the leg kicks going because Tim loves to he loves to shoot, he loves to stand up and throw throw big hands. So I mean, you can get he loves to throw big wide looping shots. Whereas Jacare, who's who's got a boxing got a boxing wrestling base, also with a with a strong jujitsu background, I think you look at Jacare, you look at Tim Boach, you have to give the the edge to Jacare. But Jacare doesn't do the things that he that he needs to do, which is get the takedowns, get the get the takedown that he needs, start dropping the heavy hands, passing passing Boach's guard, getting on top of Boach, using that using the ground and pound game like he normally does. This is a guy who can fight. I mean, there's two guys who can really fight, and I think that's what that's what's going to be the carry all into this fight is if Jacare can get his thing going, being that being that that alligator that that his nickname is, is what Jacare is, alligator. If he can get that going, be that be that aggressive guy. And not get hit, not get touched. He's gonna win this fight. That's just that's just pretty much all I can say about that. Then the return of one of the legends of of MMA. <coughs> Excuse me, one of the, the return of one of the legends of MMA, um, the Godfather of 185. OG, the OG himself, Anderson Silva, as he fights. Fights another top five prospect in, in Derek Brunson, and for me, this is a statement fight for Derek Brunson. But it's also a statement fight for Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva hasn't won a fight, or well, he's won two fights. Because for me, the Michael Bisping fight, he knocked out Michael Bisping. He knocked out Michael Bisping at the at the bell. 
for them not to give Anderson Silva that fight, that's two fights that he's won. I mean, aside from from the suspensions, aside from from the leg breaks and all this good stuff, it it's a it's 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 up to Anderson now. Anderson is now forty one years old, almost forty two. He's up against a guy in Derek Brunson who can absolutely bang. He's got knockout power, uh, change with the Black Zillions. Um, so, yeah, he trains with the Black Zillions. I mean, you, you're looking at a guy who's, who really wants, who's really looking for a, a title shot himself. I mean, and that's what makes that's what makes this fight that's what makes this fight such a great fight to watch because I want to see what what Derek Brunson can do against against a guy who's got speed. I want to see what he can do against a guy who I want to see him against a guy who who will pressure him. I I just want to see a lot of a lot of things that that that. That Anderson Silva can do that pretty much no one else can do, which is use use hand speed, use your use your your momentum against yourself. I mean, he he's got that kind of he's got that kind of mindset, and he's got that kind of that kind of thing to him. And I, I'm just excited to see this card. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see this fight myself. I mean. It, it's one of those things, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm just really excited to see what he can do. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, he got rocked by by Robert Whitaker uh, back in November. I mean, got rocked. I mean, got, I mean, he had won like five straight fights going up into that fight, and. He got rocked by by right hand, and then he got put to sleep, you know, with a ground and pound. But Derek Brunson, he he he's very very very. How can how can I put it? He's he's a very durable fighter. I mean, and that's what make that's what makes Derek Brunson such a such a scary fighter is that he's very durable. He he's not afraid to to stand up and. And hit you with anything, you know. He, that's what he does. And with Anderson Silva, I mean, Anderson comes at you from different angles. That's what that's what makes Anderson such a great fighter. That he can he can he moves the angles. He he lands punches where you don't think he lands punches. I mean, he throws kicks where you you don't think he'll throw kicks. I mean, he he does things just. I mean. He does things just to piss you off at times. I mean, <laughs> some of the things that he does. I mean, like because he pulls a lot of karate. He pulls a lot of karate influence, you know, out, out of out of himself. And he pulls a lot of he pulls a lot of like I said, karate karate out of karate influence out out of himself. And he also does a lot of high stuff, you know. And he he loves to get that top arm and throw knees. And he loves it. He loves to just. He loves just brutalizing opponents. 
but he hasn't done that much here lately. I mean, he's he's almost 42 years old, and we're looking at Anderson Silva. That's not the Anderson Silva that he was that he was coming. You know, that he was when he was actually winning fights. I mean, like he just he just hasn't been that guy. Um. You know, stepping up to 205 and fighting, fighting Daniel Cormier. I mean, like and that was a good fight too. I mean, that he he had no. I mean, you know, there's no, there's no shame in that. You know, the Michael Bisping fight. I just think that that was just. I just think that 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 was just that was just garbage. I just think it was a garbage fight. I mean, to me, it was just, it was just a horrible, horrible, horrible fight. And I think that, you know, the scoring there, I mean, that was a hometown decision. I mean, you ask me, that was a hometown decision, period. Um, you know, Daniel Cormier, he took that fight on two days' notice. You know, to save a card, to save that card at two at two hundred, because that two hundred card was was bound to be a Fox card. So if that I mean, if he didn't fight in that on that if John Jones didn't fight in that card, you know, so we we're looking at we're looking at some at some at some things right now that people don't really understand. Um. And the main event of the the main event of the evening, Holly Holm, Jermaine Duramity, I I'm so excited for this fight because you've got two of the premier strikers in all of women's MMA against each other. Um Holly Holm for me, they both weighed in at one forty they both weighed in under the limit. <coughs> Both of these guys, both of these ladies, cutting down to 135 was taking a toll on them. I could tell that Holly Holm, it took a toll on Holly a lot more than it. It takes a toll on Holly a lot more because she boxed at well, she boxed at 147. She boxed at at 140. So she, for her, dropping down, dropping that extra five to eight pounds. For her to 135, it was a struggle. I mean, even though she made she makes weight really good, it was a struggle for her to make weight. Um, I'm really excited to see this fight, and the reason why I'm excited to see this fight is because I'm looking at, like I said, two premier strikers. And when I say two premier strikers, I mean two two women who come from different aspects of the combat game to fight here in the MMA game. Holly Holm was a professional boxer and probably one of the world's best professional boxers. We look at Jermaine Duramity, who is undefeated as... 
is a Muay Thai practitioner, is a Muay Thai fighter. So, I mean, that that tells you something right there. I mean, now that they're both fighting in the UFC, it's gonna be fun to see what you're gonna what you're gonna see out of those guys, out of these two ladies. Holly Holm for me, this these are the keys to the fight for Holly Holm for me. For Holly, she, for Holly Holmes, she has to create angles. She's gonna be the shorter fighter in this fight. She's gonna have she's gonna have a disadvantage in terms of reach, in terms of in terms of leg reach, in terms of reach. Period. I mean, Joanne Ramsey's got some long arms. Holly Holmes got some long arms. I mean, you're looking at two women with really long arms. Probably the longest, probably the longest reaches among women in UFC, and both fighting each other. What Holly Holm has to do, she has to use angles. She has to, she's gonna have to, she's gonna have to use angles. She has to use, go back to her boxing, go back to her to her roots of her boxing. The only thing is, she can't, she can't circle to Durand, she can't circle to Duramides. Power leg, which is her right leg. She'll also throw leg kicks. She'll also throw kicks with her left leg, but she has to circle to her right, and that's not going to help Holly much. I know Holly is a softball. I know that. I know that she'll she'll step in that softball stance at times. I know she does have a, a excellent left hand. I know she does throw a good right hand as well. The thing with Holly Holm is, is that she has to use her angles, and when she uses her angles. And she uses them to to her when she's successful. She uses her angles to drive success. Whereas Jermaine Duramity, what she does is she uses her reach, straight kicks, jabs to measure her to measure where she can land her punches at. And once she does that, she makes herself look she makes herself look that much scarier. And when it's coming from from a long a long way out, and you don't think that you're that you're that you're in her pocket, you really are. Joanna Ramsey, she's she's very great in, in close as well, and she's very and she likes for you to be on the end of her punches as well. When she extends out, and she can just put, she can just put one on you, she's gonna put one on you. This is this is one of those fights where we're looking. I'm looking at this fight, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wow. I mean, I mean, it's just it's very very fun to watch. What what's going to happen in this fight? I mean, it, it really is because. With Duramity, you don't like I said. You're gonna see her find range finders, and then you're gonna see her be aggressive, and then you're gonna see her her pick and choose when she's gonna shoot and when, when she's gonna just come at you. Whereas Holly Holm, she's not gonna. Or Holly Holm is she's she's a different she's a different kind of animal. She's not afraid to 
she's not afraid to basically be her, you know, be herself, actually. I mean, I don't want to say be herself, but I want to say that she had, that she, she has to be within herself. I, I guess that's a better way of putting it. That's what Holly Holm has to do. She's lost two times in a row. And for her to get this 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 shot at higher weight class, this shows you how shows you what kind of a what kind of a fighter she is, and how she didn't exactly she didn't exactly you know lose the fights the two fights that she, I mean she lost I mean she got choked out by by Misha Tate. The Valentina Shevchenko fight was was fight of the year, pretty much. I mean, and you can tell that the weight the weight loss for her coming down to thirty five, the weight cut coming down from eighty five. I'm sorry, from she lost around about one about one forty five, one fifty, and we and we know this, you know, and for her to cut down to to thirty five. You know, it, no sixty. I'm sorry, from sixty to to thirty five. I mean, it, it's it, it's hard on everybody. I mean, that 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 would be hard on anybody to cut down from that. And for me, it, it's just I think that she that she is. I think Holly Holm is, is one of those women who's just she's she's different and she's she's different and she can do things in any way. I mean, she I mean she can just she can just do it. I mean, I think after watching her fight Ronda Rousey, after watching her fight Valentina Shevchenko, after watching her fight Misha Tate in her last three fights, Holly Holm. Is a woman when she's in the right weight class, she's gonna cause some trouble. Did she shock Ronda Rousey? She didn't shock Ronda Rousey. She did exactly what I thought she was gonna do. She's gonna move around. She's gonna she's gonna move around. She's gonna work her angle. She's gonna she's gonna start just dropping that dropping that left hand. I mean, I, I knew that, I mean, I felt like she was going to win that fight. But the way I saw it was I felt like she was going to I, – I really felt like she was going to do something different. You know, I felt like she was going to do – How can I put it? I felt like she was gonna do something that was it was just different. Just like I said, just different. I didn't think that she was gonna come at her with wrestling because she's not really a wrestler. But I didn't think she was gonna come in and I didn't think she was gonna come in and, and move like she did. I thought she would move, but I thought it would be like boxing move, you know. 
I don't know if she's gonna come out. I mean, I knew she, I knew she could, she could throw kicks, really good kicks. I didn't think that she was just gonna just move around the way she did, you know, moving angles like side to side, side to side, stepping in, start throwing, throwing punches, throwing, throwing good right hands. And then she she surprised me when she did sit down on her punches and she started just dropping just dropping Rhonda with punches, making Rhonda chase her and, and do the things that Rhonda doesn't like to do, which is chase. She likes for women to come at her. This is one of the things that that's gonna make her Different for Jermaine Duramity because Duramity is gonna she's going to step in front of you. She's gonna want wants you to come at her too, but Duramity also won't step back. She won't step back either. She'll come at you if you don't come at her. So this is one of those things where it is it's kind of a it's kind of a scary thing. It's also kind of a Kind of a mixed bag. Who do I think will win this fight? It all comes down to who will be willing to get a takedown. Who is going to be willing to to throw themselves into a possible knee? Who's going to be willing to throw themselves into a head kick? Who's who's going to do all those things that's going to make them win this fight? This is the this is one of those fights where. If you blink, you're going to miss something. But at the same time, when you miss something, <laughs> you won't miss much. Because either A, they're going to, they're going to get knocked, it's going to be a knockout, or B, they're going to land and they're just going to look at each other like, that's all you got. It's the best you got. This is, this is what this fight is going to come down to. Who has a stamina? Who has better fitness? Period. I mean, this is this is one of those fights where you're gonna have to you're gonna have fun watching this fight. And I know I'm gonna have fun watching it because I actually love I actually love watching fights like this. I mean, fights like this happen once in a lifetime, and Really, so I'm just like I said. I'm just really excited for this card. Top to bottom, this card is gonna. This, this card is absolutely amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. I mean, that's all I have to say about it. But we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick session break. We'll be right back. We also gonna also gonna talk about some some other things. So y'all stay tuned. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Life is older there, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like the breeze, country road. 
and queens But drawing my inspiration from race against the machine Sawn as a motivation and fueling my self-esteem Could have been stationary instead on stations I scheme Brought myself on a road to becoming something I've seen It's just the sound of a gentleman getting after his dreams running <laughs> Run it booth right now. Run it. Run it. Tell C you gonna have to turn that loud down. <laughs> uh Gentleman uh. getting after his dream, run it. Dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Boy, I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. I keep it rolling cause we all got dreams. Yeah, I keep it rolling cause we all got. I keep it rolling cause we all got. Let's take it back to 09. Walking for Arizona's cause none of us have rides Simple minus some stoners, we got nothing but time Now don't it sound bad? I'm talking back when Cuddy was the soundtrack Pursuit of happiness playing, just let it breathe I'm kicking back with my people, I swear it's all that I need Endless vibe on a planet of simply being at ease Started searching for freedom and ended up in the trees I'll tell you there's nothing hardly that's replicating in a field Party until the AM with rhythm turning the wheels It's trials of adolescence, they hella sacred for real From the way that I'm feeling, it's like I'm living them still We born to carry the mission, carrying our tradition Introducing what's missing and young minds that are lifted I throw myself on the road to living for higher means This just the sound of me getting after my dreams Run it Also, check out their 
Check out the Instagram page, Solar Headphones. Check out the, the, the Twitter, Solar Headphones. <clears throat> Got some great stuff, man. Look, I'm using my Solar Headphones today, right now, and I'm telling you, dude, like, for the first time, I'm actually using them right now for the first time. Like, I haven't been using them yet because I usually use them on my phone. But now that I'm using them for the show, I think that I think I'm going to have to start using these for the rest of my life. I mean, the technology with solar headphones is like this, man. They're, they're wireless headset. They have some of them, you know, they work just like a Bluetooth, but they're also solar powered. Like you can leave them at, on your window, and they're powered by the sun, which means there's no use for you to <clears throat> to use use a plug-in, even though there is a plug-in on there, just in case you don't have adequate sunlight. So for us, it's a great thing. For you guys. It's going to be even better because they come out with bigger and better things. Check them out on their website. But jump me back. Jump me back into everything, man. I mean, great weekend of action this weekend. Uh, soccer, football, all star weekends in a couple of weeks. Cannot wait for that. I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now in regards to. In regards to combat sports, in regards to to UFC, like I said, like we like we've been previewing the UFC, you know, um, <clears throat> the whole James Dolan situation. But one thing I haven't I haven't harped on is is the fact that to still, I mean, I know this is a sports show. I know everything is sports related, but I, I if I I wouldn't be remiss if I didn't say this and um <laughs> about about you know hub cities and, and, and cities in general and um I had a I had a conversation with one of with one of my good friends uh about this uh actually and we were talking about the Atlanta Falcons and we were talking about the quote unquote fan base of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, <clears throat> I really, I, I'm not. I, I personally am not a Falcons fan. I live, I live in the state of Georgia. I'm, I mean, I've been living in the state of Georgia since I was six years old. But here, here's the thing about me and in my affinity with, with Atlanta sports. Um. I haven't been a Hawks fan. I've never been a Hawks fan. I've never been a Braves fan. I've never um when they had the Knights here I was actually I was actually a pretty good I was actually a Knights fan. I I, I like the Atlanta Knights, you know, minor league hockey franchise. Um the Thrashers games. I I have gone to a few Thrashers games, especially when Chicago's in town. When the Blackhawks are in town, uh, which was very, which was like twice, three times at the most that they were in town. Um, the thing about about sports in the South, and 
why they are so successful because yes, we do live in we do live in a warmer climate climate. But the fan bases are awful because you have a lot of people who go to high school who go to high school and college football games before they check out the pro game. Is that a bad thing? No. Because I'm actually a I'm actually a bigger college football fan than I am a NFL fan. But here's the point I'm getting to. What makes things so difficult about having fan bases is you have what we call hub cities in the South. And three of those hubs, I mean, I would say four, three of those hub cities, Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta. I mean, you also throw Cincinnati in that in that mix. You can throw um, <clears throat> Jacksonville in that mix. I mean, I, but the the main four I would say is Nashville, Atlanta, Charlotte, Jacksonville. You have. I don't want to. I don't want to call the fans fair. Where the fans, but the professional fan bases aren't there, unless you're a Braves fan. And Braves fans, they pull from the south. They pull from all points of the south. But you don't have homegrown fans. And here's why I say this. You look at Atlanta. Look at Atlanta, for instance. You have a lot of world headquarters that are based in Atlanta that have moved from other cities. Okay? Like, like for instance, say, say for instance, I'm sorry. There's a Bank of Atlanta. There's a Bank of America here. You know, corporate headquarters are in Charlotte. There's also regional headquarters here here in Atlanta. And you have a lot of those people who have moved from Charlotte to Atlanta. You have some people who've moved from from other parts of California, say the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, places like that. You know who are King fans, who are Raiders fans, Forty ers fans, Rams fans, and you know, and you know, coming from San Diego into into L.A. Chargers fans. So you don't really have that that solid fan base that you need, and then you have those who live here in in the, in Atlanta, and a lot of those fans. Are Falcons fans, yes, but they rather watch some TV than to go out to the games because they rather go to the college game either at UGA or at Georgia Tech or at Auburn or you know, wherever their their alma mater is. That that that's the problem that you have with with the southeast area. Whereas you go to the bigger cities like the Chicago. Like a like a Cleveland, like a Cincinnati, 
that have college football in those areas. But the college game pretty much dominates. I mean, I'm sorry, the program pretty much dominates, especially in Cincinnati, especially in Cleveland. Detroit, because if you can't get tickets to a Michigan game because Michigan is always sold out, the next resort is to go is to go to a Lions game. So you look at it from the, from that standpoint. There's a lot of things that are different. If you look at the bigger cities, then you look at the cities in the south. A lot of a lot of the south, a lot of the people in the south, they're more concerned about college football than they are about any other sport. They're more concerned about college baseball than any other sport. They're more concerned about the Braves than any other sport. You know, one of the things that the, that, that the Thrashers did before they moved to Winnipeg is that, yes, they know that they were in a culturally diverse city, whereas Atlanta is is probably more there's probably more black people in Atlanta and that will go that will be more inclined to go to Thrashers games because you have that you have those black players on that team. You had Evander Kane, you had Dustin Bufflin, you had um Johnny Aduya and you had um <clears throat> you had one other person uh, um you had one other guy. That was there too. Ray Emery had it. Ray Emery there for a short while. So you look at it from that standpoint. They were actually looking at. They were actually looking at things like that. And then you look at. You look at the Falcons. And you see what they had there. You know what they have there. Roddy White, Julio Jones, people like that. You know, along with the Michael Vicks of the world. I mean, they had the Michael Vicks of the world. So. When you brought in the diversity, you brought in the you brought in the fans. But who can afford to go to games? I mean, people would rather go to a sports bar and, and eat wings and drink beer at a bar than to go to the game and eat there. But now, I think that might be improved now because if you think about it, with the advent of the of the of the Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, will that drive the fan base to come back to become Falcons fans again, and to will their will their players on to to another championship, maybe another run to the Super Bowl? That, that I, you know, hopefully, as a guy who's a citizen of Georgia, I hope it happens for him. But as a as a Bears fan and 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 things of that nature. Do I think that this will happen? Probably not. I mean, the fan, like I said, the fan base is it's a little bit different because you don't have you don't have that 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 true fan. You have you have a fan, but they're bandwagon fans. They're people that you didn't even know that were Falcons fans. But then you look at other people, like I know that I've grown up with that they love they love their Atlanta Hawks. They love their they love the Hawks. They love the they love the Falcons. They love the Braves. I mean myself I'm a Chicago fan 
and I'll be a Chicago fan to the day I die, whether it's the Cubs, the Bears, Blackhawks, or the Bulls. I'm with them win, win or lose. And I do have friends that are with those teams win or lose. Then you have some you didn't even know you didn't even know even existed were fans of a sport. And that's the way that goes. Just the way that goes. But until until we until those hub cities can actually get people actually have people stay there and put down roots there you won't you won't really see that fan base really grow until you put a viable until you put a viable product on on the field and that's the thing with the Hawks, that's, that was that was the thing with the Thrashers, why they couldn't keep people there, is because it was because of that, and hence the move. Gary Bettman, I mean, I really don't like Gary Bettman, but you know, he broke with that move. I don't care who, what anybody says about it. I mean, that's my personal opinion on it. He broke with that move. He wanted he he didn't want hockey in Atlanta to begin with. And when Arthur Blank was about to buy the Thrashers, which he was, he was about to buy the Thrashers, he balked at it, said that there was already a move in place. But Arthur Blank was going to pay more than market value for the for the Thrashers to keep them in Philadelphia and to keep keep the Thrashers in in Atlanta. But now they're in Winnipeg, and they're Winnipeg's problem. So, you know, oh, well. <laughs> That's the way I feel about that. But like I said, the fan bases the fan bases can be better. I think it will be better once roots are laid down, once everything is settled, once the dust is settled. I mean, it, that's just the way that's gonna go. I mean, I just really feel that way. But now, you know, comes that time where getting to the end and everything, and I pretty much run out of things to say. But um, I want to give a special thanks to, to the Live by Terrence Network. I want to give a special thanks to to my man T-Rex, um, the admin Wendy, DJ EA, KC. Um, also, very congr- very big congratulations to, um, to uh, DJ EA's mother who uh, – who graduated from uh from college yesterday and um wanted to say a special special uh congratulations to her. Also um wanna say a happy birthday to my cousin Destiny. Destiny Truitt. Uh, I know she ain't listening because she probably asleep or probably gone to a, uh, playing basketball somewhere. Um I wanna say a happy twelfth birthday to 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 my girl there. Uh, also, shout out to my to my other little cousin, uh, Bryson Bryson Truitt, uh, turned sixteen tomorrow, man. Uh, <laughs> he turned sixteen tomorrow, and dude, it seems like yesterday you were you were just a baby. I was holding you, changing your diaper, uh, but 
Glad to see you, glad to see you make it to 16, buddy. Um, also, uh, want to say a special thank you to Solar Headphones for, again, for the great headsets that we have that myself, T-Rex, Wendy, EA, and, uh, and Casey, we all have. Um, and also to, also to, um, to those guys, um, who signed yesterday, but Perry on Perry, um, Decided to play both basketball and baseball, basketball and football at West Georgia, and uh, I'm very excited about him. I'm very excited about about all the, the all the Troop County kids, uh, whether they played at at Troop, whether they played at Lagrange, whether they played Callaway, to see them further themselves and 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 make themselves better men. But Perry, on your dad to be proud and uh, rest in heaven, Nick. Um, I think that's that's pretty much everybody that I that I have to thank. Oh yeah, I have to thank my parents. I have to thank my parents also. Uh my mom recently had a birthday as well a couple of weeks ago. Wanna wish her a happy happy birthday, um belated birthday. Uh even though I did um wish her a happy birthday on her birthday. Um I still um remember the time where you where you uh, dropped me on my head when I was eleven, but you know, we won't talk about that either. <laughs> that was a joke, but um, um, <laughs> um, just I'm just like I said, just very proud to be a part of the Fly by Chance Network. Very proud to be uh, the Fly by Chance Network is very proud to be partnered up with Solar Headphones and their great products that they have. Again, check them out, Solar Headphones, uh, Solar Headphones Instagram, Solar Headphones at Twitter. Um, headphoneswithattitudes.com uh, check them out there as well so with that being said man we're going to get up out of here uh, next week we're going to talk some, gonna talk some, some uh, college basketball get into some, some early bracketology with my girl with my girl Miss Audrey Gunther hopefully she'll be on the show next hopefully we can get her on the show next week um, also um be talking some some more college basketball uh, next week as well, and talking some more boxing, big card tomorrow, uh, next week as well. So y'all y'all stay with us. Uh, thanks for letting me be a part of your weekend, and we are gonna get out of here. Let's go tailgating. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, T, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. Oh, I can't? But I can try, right? Yeah. Well, what then? You know that ain't so bad. Yeah. I told a girl I love her, you stand on your own. 
But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own Became the boy and then I turned to a man on my own The lone wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap Down to earth, so it's only natural I hold you down Now you the one I picture when I roam around And the summer I'm falling for you is going down Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind Think I'm the one, now that's just something I'm reaching to find Out of control, but yo, that shit that I still been denying Yeah, the light's down, but we staying up And looking back where I started, my only way is up Weight of the world, but I lived it before the weight is up And still myself the one and only that I came to trust Now that's some crazy luck Yeah, let it rock. But you want some soul shit? Yeah, uh, and she just keeps saying, You can't rescue me. Oh, nah, you can't save me. No, you know what? Maybe you're right. What you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought realistic Cause when it comes to my vision, man, only I can see it Said only I can reach it And I'm just praying by the time that I'm gone I'll be here in spirit so you can hear this Yeah, well these rappers stuck on the same product Tell them forget it, ain't hard to tell that they ain't got it Simple and plain, I'ma leave this world with my name on it Knowing it's easy to hate the plane when you ain't on it Riding, whipping through the horizon My time and it's something better than it's ever been They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz Hip-hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence Back to the wall where I started back in the day I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight Trying to show the autos around me that I can stand on my own Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing, I'm screaming that through the phone While I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal How I ran up the standards of how we live it. It's funny they pull the cam up The picture how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone And it's just how I started by killing this on my own, my word is my bond, and I'm just out on my own.